This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Welcome to the Candid Life podcast, where we turn our broken hallelujahs into Melody Lines of Impact, and I am your host, Lydia Gargo. In today's podcast, we will be talking about seizing the day, or capadium. Capadium is actually a Latin word which says, pluck the day or seize the day, a phrase that was used by a Roman poet, Horace, to express the idea that one should enjoy life whilst one can. Specifically during this podcast, we will focus in segment one on 50 years and counting, segment two, the gift of the moment, segment three, taking hold or letting go. Today, my special guest is Dolapo Ofola. Dolapo has been a great friend, a confident accountability partner, and someone who has definitely challenged me to become a better person as much as I have done the same for her. We do share one thing in common this year, and that is we are 50. So as much as we are celebrating the year, it has also challenged us to review our life's journey. And I hope in our discussion today, we can clarify each other's purpose, but also encourage you to live yours out. So welcome, Dolapo. Thank you, Lydia. Well, before we get right into the podcast, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yes, I am Dr. Dolapo Awufala. Um, I've been married to my dear husband, Ayo Daly, now for 23 years. We have three wonderful girls, 21, 18, and 16 years old. Um, by profession, I'm a dentist. I retired from my profession 10 years ago when I decided I wanted to stay home with my kids and give them all my attention. Also, um, I'm focused more on finding out what my purpose is and what you know God would have me do with my time here on earth. And um, I found out that um, indeed God would always meet us wherever, however we need him to. And that the journey we are on is an active journey. It never ends. And we should just sit back, trust God and enjoy the ride. Fantastic. I am impressed. <laughs> <laughs> that introduction. You definitely have said a lot in there, which I'm sure we are going to explore a little bit more because there's so much meat in those few uh, words that you've said. Well, folks, we're going to jump right into segment one, which is 50 years and counting. So you and I celebrated our 50 years this year. I think you, when was yours? <laughs> when was yours? Um, mine was in June, June 22nd. June 22nd, mine was July uh, 16th. And, you know, I came across a quote recently by Muhammad Ali, and he said, a man who views the world at 50 
the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. Let me read that again. A man who views the world at 50, the same as he did at 20, has wasted 30 years of his life. Any thoughts on that quote? Absolutely agree. I am definitely not the same person I was at 20, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Night, I probably would not even recognize my 20-year-old self right now. So definitely my views on everything. I don't think there's any part of my life or view that hasn't changed from the 20-year-old Dolako. So I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Can you pinpoint maybe one particular thing that you feel has just shifted? I think I was very unaware of my environment. And I think that unawareness translated in certain choices, in words, certain choices in behavior, certain choices in the way I even presented myself in general, because I had never taken the time to really understand and observe what my environment was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I should agree with you in the sense that um, if I were to look at my twenty-year-old hmm, self, I, I think I was probably a little bit more naive. I was more of a people pleaser back in those early years of my life, and I think over the years, I have—and this is really through the grace of God—and just having people around me to call me to account, I think, on many levels. And just life situations have made me stand up more for myself instead of just giving in to the whims of my environment. You know, I don't know what your feelings are with that. I I think even the word assertion, I would probably not have even understood what that meant at 20. Mm -hmm. And I would have probably misused it being assertive in the wrong situations. So, you know, like I said, not being aware of my environment and aware of the currency of the environment that I was in, how to even relate to people around me. So if I was going to be assertive, I probably would have been assertive to the wrong person or the wrong situation because I was just so unaware. Okay. I mean, can you give me an example that really will help our, our listeners to just get a better understanding of what you're talking about? In certain friendships, mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of what my position was in that friendship. And because it, I was almost just existing in a, in, in a cloud of my own feelings that I, um, in friendships, I didn't understand the give and take. I didn't understand the, um, the emotional connection that needed to be there. I didn't understand that, you know, not everybody 
was a friend that looked like a friend is really a friend. And so if I was going to be assertive in, in a friendship that I had no clue of the dynamics, I would be assertive in a way that the other person wouldn't receive it because either we have not developed the depth of relationship that assertiveness would warranty. Mm -hmm. Maybe I feel like we're close friends and the person feels like we're just acquaintances and I'm trying to be assertive in that relationship when I haven't really based on the foundation, the work, the emotional connection, the time together that needed for me to even be have, have a position to be assertive with. So that's what I'm talking about, not being aware of my environment, not being aware of what relationships should really look like. And even in friendships, like if we had met when I was 20 years old, we probably wouldn't be, we wouldn't have kept our friendship going because I wouldn't have really tried to even get to know you or understand you in order to even have a friendship with you okay okay so if i'm hearing you correctly then you would say those early years it was more self-centeredness yes there was a lot of self-centeredness mm, that not enough reaching out to others correct correct just feeling all in my feelings about me 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 how i felt how I felt everybody should be treating me, but not thinking about how I was treating other people. Okay. Well, that's, that's, wow. I'm glad you've changed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I've changed too. <laughs> you know, wow. I, I, I think just being able to have that personal inventory, which is basically what you're doing. You know, you having a personal inventory on your life. This is where I was. Hmm. Do I like where I was? What can I do to change, to bring me to a better place where I'm functional, right? Where I can be more productive, which is what I'm hearing from you and yeah. things that you're saying there. I mean, that is something that I had to do as well. You know, when I hit 50, a lot of self um, personal inventory um, in terms of, like you said, you know, my feelings, my uh, where am I going? What am I doing with my my treasure? What am I doing with my talents? Um, how am I spending them? Am I just going to be marking time? You talked about existing. Am I just yeah. going to mark time the next 50 years? Or am I going to be very intentional about making each moment count? And that is basically what seizing the day is about. And so I wanted to ask you, though, Looking over your 50 years now, what would you say was the most, I mean, what, what would be the overarching theme of these last 50 years? What would, I mean, growth definitely is one, which is what you've identified, but what else would be the overarching theme of your last 50 years before we move on to the next God willing 50? I remember when I was planning on how to celebrate my 50th birthday or what to do, what not to do, how it should all go. The one statement that kept coming over and over is my journey to 50 has not been perfect, but it has been beautiful. Hmm. And I think that the one thing that I would say is that understanding that we are not promised perfect but if we take the time to look at every single situation we find ourselves in there's something beautiful in there mm -hmm. 
And so really going back and looking back at the last 50, no matter how horrible or negative the trial, the situation is, I can find some beautiful moments in there, you know, and just embracing that memory and that journey is really what I, I celebrate about turning 50. Those beautiful moments, those um, moments that there is no doubt whatsoever that that was God in those moments stepping in and turning the ashes into beauty. And, you know, that is what I celebrated most about the last 50 years. That is beautifully said. If I could repeat the word beauty. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I couldn't agree more with that because when I look over the years, um, as I was planning my, my 50th birthday, it was about making that moment count almost like creating an altar right i think we go through a life where we remember moments you know life just doesn't happen we remember moments and certain moments stick right and so we have to live intentional we have to decide what are some of those moments that are going to stick what are some of those moments we're going to carry along with us into the next couple of years. And I think for me, that was also that, yes, you know, life was beautiful. We had our challenges and those challenges did cause us to grow. You know, some of them were very negative, but we had to make our lemonade out of those lemons, right? But it was also being intentional about putting markers throughout the days and throughout the years of this is what I'm gonna carry with me I'm not going to focus on that, this positive moment I'm going to carry with me. And so as I came to celebrate my 50th as well, those were the things I kept telling myself, I'm going to be intentional about putting positive markers in my years moving forward. Even when the negative comes, I'm going to seek to find positivity through those seasons and put positive markers because those are the things that you're going to hold on to you know, as you absolutely life. So I do appreciate that, you know, beautiful moments. Beautiful yes. Racing the whole, but celebrating those beautiful moments as well. Folks, with that, I, before we go on to break, I want to ask you, though, we're, re, um, we're ca- recounting our 50 years and we're celebrating that. But what would you have done differently apart from the attitude change? Is there anything you look over your 50s and you think, Hmm, I would have done this a little differently now that I know. I think I would have had more, I would have been more open to having difficult conversations and understanding why certain things were happening around me. You know, you, 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 I observed certain things but I never asked the questions to understand what was going on around me. And I think that that's why I was struggling so much, I think, because I didn't have the opportunities or I didn't give myself the opportunities to ask those difficult questions. Like, why is this going on? And how 
can I not be, keep finding myself in the situation? And I never did ask those questions or explored figuring those things out. I just allowed the pattern to continue. Hmm. That is so interesting. <laughs> I think if I were to look back over my 50s, I would say I asked a lot of questions. <laughs> Mm. And I think sometimes. Well, I'm talking about the 20s. The no, 20, I mean, the, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah the 20s, that whole season of, of mm. the 20s. I think I was also very compliant, um, mm. just like you. And I think one of the things that I, I struggled with was just authority. And I think that was really from, not in a negative way, but this was probably more culturally um, embedded. And I think it was because. I think our culture, you know, as a Ghanaian, especially when it comes to hierarchy, there was not always that freedom to ask questions because it was seen as being disrespectful. And as time has gone on, I've seen the value of asking questions and being able to explore what the other person is thinking. And I think if, if, I'm, feeling, if I'm hearing you correctly, just this value in asking questions because questions clarify uh, meaning. I think a quote that I, I heard from somebody some time ago is that an assumption is the lowest form of knowledge. And living a life based on assuming does not really get you closer to where you need to be. You do need to ask those questions. And I know I'm a, a person who loves to ask questions anyway. <laughs> I think that has got me into trouble a lot. But it's not because I was asking the question. I think it was more because the people on the other side did not necessarily appreciate the fact that I was asking questions. And so my questioning more as a threat than as a way of an enhancing understanding. And I needed to come to a place that it wasn't necessarily that there was something wrong with me. It's just that the person or persons on the other side. I, and I and I totally agree. And I think that's why I didn't ask those questions because th- th- I didn't feel like my question, my, my question would be received in the, in the, with the intent and motive that I asked the question. I think it would have been misunderstood and I didn't just want to get into more trouble <laughs> and create more of a mess mm-hmm. by, you know, asking the wrong person, the wrong question. Okay. Okay, but you, we all know better, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's part of the process. It's part of the process. It is, it is, it so, is. So we're going to take a quick break. Coming up, second to the gift of the moment. back to the Candid Life podcast. If you are joining us, um, my name is Lydia Gago and today I am privileged to be with my friend and sister Dolapo Ofola. So Dolapo, let's carry on from where we left off and talk about the gift of the moment. I'm a person who loves quotes, so I'm going to throw another quote in here. And this is by Maya Angelou and she says, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take but by the moments that take 
a breath away. Life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. And so my question to you is, can you think of a moment in those 50 years, or even now, now you're past 50, you're gonna jump over, <laughs> you know, jumped over the fence right now, that has really taken your breath away, that has just left such a, an impact on your life in this season? You know, the first image that comes to my mind is laughter. Mm. And it's the moment where I'm with my family, my husband and my girls, and we are laughing our heads off. And if you ask me what we're laughing about right now, I can't tell you, but I just have this image that somebody said something <laughs> or somebody did something and all of us just busted out laughing. And I see those images over and over and over in my mind and it just warms my heart because I understand the dynamics that is needed for a family to have the ability to laugh together. It's not something to be taken for granted. It's a dynamic whereby the father, the mom and the kids are totally comfortable in each other's presence. And, uh, and each person feels safe in order for that type of rich laughter. Like I'm drinking something, and pff, the drink spills out of my mouth type of laughter or, or the other person next to me falls off the chair type of laughter because it's, it's so innocent, it's so spontaneous, it's so real, but it's because of the dynamic we have with each other. And I understand that. That's great. That's great. You know, the Bible talks about laughter is good medicine, right? And I think being able to capture that moment is so critical. And that's something that I've actually shared with my children about us being intentional about grabbing moments, right? Grabbing moments that you can look back over your life and smile, right? Or laugh about, like you said, you know, sitting down and stories that you can take. I always feel like I'm carrying little things around with me. You, know, you can put in things. It's like an investment bag. You're constantly putting things in that bag. Yeah, a memory bank. A memory bag, right? A little memory bank. And at the right time, you can pull them out and you can look at it and just enjoy that. Enjoy that moment. So I love that. So what yeah. else do you do? Do you keep a journal? Because I'm a journaler, right? And so somebody asked me recently, I was in the Apple store um, trying to get a new phone and they, and they asked me, uh, why do you keep a journal? And I said, because I, I don't want to forget. <laughs> that was really the, the simplicity of it. Sometimes I forget what just happened like three minutes ago. But I, I said, I keep a journal because I don't want to forget. And just journaling allows me to sit down and remember and count my blessings and document them so that one day I can always look back and see 
like you mentioned earlier, how far God has brought me as I move forward with my life. What are some of the things you do to keep those laughter moments documented as you move forward? I take a lot of pictures. It drives my kids crazy. I journal as well. And I take pictures and I frame pictures as well around my house. Mm -hmm. And um, the journaling, I agree with you, it forces me to remember my blessings. Mm -hmm. Because when you have to sit down and write it down, then you're going to have to think, okay, so what, 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 what do I want to write down? What do I want to remember 10 years from now? So it makes me think back and appreciate and journal and, you know, write down my blessings. And um, I think I also intentionally look for moments to spend with my, my girls. I, I think the one thing that um, every time one of my girls gets their driver's license, I am sad, not because I'm scared of them driving on the road, I'm sad because those were the times I got to corner them in the car and have moments with them. And now they're driving themselves. I'm like, oh, those moments are going to be reduced dramatically and drastically. And so that's, that makes me sad. And then, you know, so, you know, being intentional in capturing moments. So now I say, can we have a lunch date you know, can we go out to lunch together or can we go shopping together? Look for moments to catch. Like you said, memory banks, fill up the memory banks, you know, and just be intentional. I, I try to be intentional with every opportunity. Like I'm already trying to plan when my girls come home for Christmas, how I can steal moments with them as well. Yeah. And that is true. I mean, just over Thanksgiving, um, one of our sons came over from Chicago from school and so made sure we had games that we could play and just sitting down listening to music, seeing some mm -hmm. of his uh, photographs and just laughing, you know, um, and also with my girls, just listening, being intentional about listening to their conversations. You know, when the children come over to you and they, and they say, mom, can you hear what I'm saying? Or I want to share something about school, really stopping and paying attention. Um, Absolutely. Those conversations. And, you know, my oldest son loves anime. So he's like, mom, let's watch this anime show together. I'm like, oh God, here we go again. But I should admit there've been times that I've sat down with him and watched this anime show, which is for him, it's a bit of his lab language, you know, connection mm -hmm. moment there with something that mm -hmm. he enjoys. It, you can see in, in immediately how good he feels that mom is sitting down with him enjoying this anime show, okay? Absolutely. So it's not about, you know, always fitting our comfort level, but it's coming down to the level of um, the people around us, our families as well, and just tapping into some of the things that they find um, exciting and interesting as well. So, yes. Yes, I enjoyed that. So you've, we've talked about your joys. You've talked about those celebratory moments. Um, you've mentioned some of the challenges you had, especially in the area of maybe asking questions and things like that. Can you give me an example of a time that 
you really had a struggle and you had to navigate through it. Maybe highlight some of the things that you did to help you come out on the other side that might help um, our listeners today. Yes, yeah, so one of the things that really stand out to me about my journey towards 50 was certain relationships that I was struggling with. And these are relationships that traditionally, you know, should be easy, but we struggled. This person and I struggled in our relationship. And at the the worst point in that relationship, when we were struggling, I remember I was praying and I was like, why is this so hard? And I remember clearly you know, God explaining to me that this person had a different expectation about how a relationship than I did. And unfortunately, the expectation this person had put on me, only God can fulfill that expectation. And so, and meanwhile, I am trying so hard to make this person, meet this person's expectation when that was not my position or my role in this person's life. The only person that could fill that role was God. And so the minute I understood that, that wasn't my role to meet this person's expectation. A weight was lifted off and I just let it go. I decided from then on that, yeah, now I understand that the expectations were not mine to meet. I let it go and I started redefining my role in that relationship. I'm not going out of my way to hurt this person. I'm not going out of my way to upset this person. But at the same time, it is not for me to meet that expectation. That wasn't, that's not God's original plan for me to meet that expectation. So I started modifying the way I related to this person and started forming my boundaries, knowing now that I'm not supposed to be in that unhealthy type of relationship with this person. I created certain boundaries. They were very hard at the beginning because obviously the person was used to, you know, me behaving in a certain way. And I stopped behaving in that way. And the person was upset and didn't like it. But when I created the boundaries, I had to stick. It it was it was so hard to stick to those boundaries because it was easier to give in because I've been giving in for so many years. So why not just keep giving in? But I knew that God wanted me to be, to God wanted to show me what a healthy relationship looked like. And that wasn't a healthy relationship. And by creating those boundaries, I was able to create for me, and a healthy relationship with this person. Now, if that person didn't perceive it as healthy, that, that's not my responsibility. But from my point of view, from now, from then on to now, I feel like I have a healthy relationship with this person because I was able to understand what my role was supposed to be in that relationship and what I was supposed to do for myself to create a healthy relationship with this person. And from then on to now, we still have, I still have the struggles with this person, but I, but my struggles are totally different now 
they're not on the level of trying to meet that person's expectation. They're on the level of keeping to my boundaries and making sure I have a healthy relationship with that person based on my terms and what God would have me to. That's great. And, you know, I I appreciate you highlighting that struggle, but recognize as well the importance of setting healthy boundaries so that you could function. And I think sometimes people kick against boundaries, but when they realize that this is what they have to work with, they they are forced to start adjusting. And um, I think we all need to do that in order to... um, function in a healthy way. With that, Dilapo, um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, segment three, taking hold or letting go. Folks, we'll be back soon. Welcome back, and I am Lydia Gago, and you are listening to the Candid Life podcast. My guest today is Dolapo Alfula, and we've been celebrating our 50 years on this earth while looking forward in hope to the next season of our lives. Now, I say the word hope because life is a gift, tomorrow is not promised, so we have to make the most of today, which is what we're talking about, seizing the day. One of the things my um, math teacher used to say back in Zambia, where I spent a lot of my early years, is that procrastination is the thief of time. Procrastination mm. is the thief of time. He always drilled it in our ears, and I'd look at him like, what are mm. you talking about, right? But Mm, distractions and procrastinations are definitely the thieves when it comes to seizing the day. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally agree. But I think at the same time, we shouldn't um, be too hard on ourselves. I feel like women already, we take on so much already. And I think that sometimes we need to also um, recognize our victories and recognize our successes and not always focus on trying to get to the next thing while you're not even appreciating or enjoying the success that you have right now. So, I, yes, I definitely agree that, you know, for the next 50, we should be intentional in how we feel like we want to spend the next 50 and I think once you have that intentional mindset, I think everything else falls into place because you, you are motivated by the intent and the intent drives the next step. So yes, we shouldn't procrastinate. We should have um, you know, reflective times to recognize when we do need to move and make it an action and we should also allow ourselves the time to enjoy where we are at the moment as well okay folks do you understand why this lady has been my coach over the years (laughs) 
she's so common sense. I mean, it's wonderful. I mean, what you're saying there is so true. You know, it's important to have your goals set. It's important to be intentional about where you want to go. But even with all those planning, all that planning and that goal setting, you also need to celebrate the gift of today, right? And I think yes. what happened, like you said, as, as women, we, we have, we're juggling a lot of different things. We're constantly multitasking. And we don't really take time to have our me time, right? You really sit back and refuel because sometimes we have a tendency to think that it's selfish for us to sit back and refuel. But yet, I remember my brother saying something about, you know, if I don't replenish my own strength, how am I then in a position to pour out into others? You're only as good as you are healthy or recharged yeah. or whatever it else you want you want to call call. Um, I, I have a 12-year-old who's already planned her future into college. And she did that in fifth grade. I said, Chadika, you know, I know you're excited about fifth grade and going to college. Believe me, she's already looked at all the universities and everything else. I'm like, this is fifth grade, okay? <laughs> you still have a lot to happen. And I said, okay, I appreciate that, but let's celebrate fifth grade first, right? As much as you've got those plans, let's celebrate fifth grade so we don't miss the miracles of the moment. Um, that happened that year. So I, I do totally agree with you. So what would you say, you know, you've got your plans, you've got your goals, you've got things that you aspire to for, for the coming year, of course, things that you believe in God for. Um, how have you kept yourself daily pursuing some of those things? How have you kept yourself daily pursuing some of those things? And what are you looking forward to for the next season of your life? For me, as long as I'm growing in whatever capacity it is, I feel like that's, I've already, I'm already in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I feel like I need to recognize where I was last year, two years ago, and where I am now. And I also need to introduce certain challenges I need to keep myself challenged because that is stagnancy is where we have the opposite of growth so how am I being challenged to grow and how am I being challenged to be a better version of this person right now and introducing little challenges into my um into my life is the one way I keep myself um and being open, I think the other thing for me is being open. It's like having every possible conversation that comes my way. Being open to every invitation almost. Not to overwhelm myself either, but having an open heart, open mind. Because for me personally, I really don't have a big focus or big plan but I do understand that God does have a purpose and just have, God does have a plan so as long as I keep myself open 
to conversations, open to invitations, open to opportunities. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I feel like for me, I would walk into my purpose that way. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yes. I think what you're saying there about being open um, is a very key thing. My mom always talked about learning to listen, listening to learn. And I think um, when I look at my, my mom's life and how rich her life has been, it's because she stayed open to the possibility and the opportunity of learning from others. And I, and I think as we go through our lives moving forward, we, God is always giving us these breadcrumbs, right? Opportunities. Yes. And absolutely busy that you miss them, right? And so learning to pace our lives in a way that we're not just frantically running around trying to achieve every single thing, but pacing our lives in a way that we have rest stops along the way and our heart stays um, in a place of openness, like you said, so that when somebody comes along and maybe makes a suggestion or a conversation happens and you see that, hmm, that might just be a divine connection over there. You know how to respond. Um, just having completed this broadcast media arts program, I'm always reminded of the radio. Radio is always, you know, the picture I have in my mind. We live in a world which is so busy and there's a lot of static around, right? Lots of noise. But we, you know, in order for you to hear that favorite program that you have, for me, it's NPR because I'm committed. You have to go to that dial and turn it. So often when I put my radio on, it's on 89.9, whatever that is, I don't really care. But I have to intentionally turn that dial and I hear all this static going on until I finally get to that 91.7 FM, which is Michigan Public Radio. And then I hear the sound, welcome to Michigan, right? And that's how our lives are. Sometimes we can be so busy. I don't like busy so busy that we miss that important wavelength that we need in order to tune in. And that's why, you know, when you talked about just having times away with the Lord or just pausing, listening, being intentional, not feeling rushed around, those are all ways of turning the dial so that we get to the right frequency that we need in order to live a fruitful life, not a busy life, a fruitful life, because that's what God is calling us to do. All right, before we close out, Mr. Lapo, you've done a phenomenal job here with 50 years and counting, woo-hoo, right? Woo-hoo. <laughs> the gift of the moments, which we talked about, and taking hold or letting go, both which are very, very important in us being fruitful. Um, moving on to this next phase of your life, what does it mean for you to live the candid life? I think the one thing that I've discovered in the last 50 years is who I am and who I'm comfortable being. And I think my candid life now is accepting myself fully in every form, in every way, and understanding that God created me that way because I serve to serve a purpose that he has intended and only Dolapo 
can serve that particular purpose. So accepting Dolapo with all her flaws and all her issues and all her complications is what I want to continue to do in the next 50 years and allowing that personality, that person to just continue to flourish and continue to be who God has created me to be. And my core of influence, making sure that I'm effective with what God has given me, the people in my circle, my church, my fellowship, my Bible study, my friends, my family, then I, I, I can do that well and properly. Then I leave the rest to God to multiply and magnify whichever way he sees fit. That's great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great food for thought for our listeners. Can I just say a very, very big thank you for coming on The Candid Life, gracing us with your presence. <laughs> our family, can I just say again, thank you for listening to The Candid Life. Please connect with me on livethecandidlife at gmail.com. You can also access this podcast on AfriPod, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon, and share the podcast with friends and family. We have a Christmas podcast running right now when you want to definitely tap into that. I'm Lydia Gago. Until next time, remember, your story matters. So live the candid life 24-7. And before you go, Delapo, can you just pray for our friends uh, for this next season of their lives? Thank you. Father Lord, we just give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We just thank you for the last 50 years. We thank you for how you've brought us so far in this journey of life. We see your presence, your love, your mercy and grace, your favor in the past 50 years. And Father Lord, as we head into the next 50 years, we just thank you because we know you have gone ahead of us, Father. And we know that you're right beside us, Father, and that you are right behind us, Father, and that all things are working together for our good in this next 50 years. We thank you for all this and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, and God bless. Inaendeshwa na Afripods.